Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by Aaron Keller. And then we also have Jess Brooks, our Southern Region Wildlife Educator. And for the first time ever, we have Lauren McLeod. She is our new Urban Wildlife Coordinator down in Las Vegas. So welcome, Lauren, and thanks, for Jess, for joining us. Thank you. And I feel like I need to mention that we are on Zoom again. Last week, we we said how we were podcasting from home. We're still doing that. Maybe next week, we'll try a call and see how that sounds compared to this. But we're still on the Zoom. If you're not loving the audio, bear with us. Yeah, I think technically I'm running the equipment, right? You're running it. So if it sounds bad, (laughs) it's Aaron's fault is what we've been saying. Because he's usually the equipment operator. And it sounds a lot better in the office and on Zoom. But um, anyway, last week we had Jess Wolf and Jess Height, so many Jesses, uh, for our northern region, same position basically, but in northern Nevada. So we thought it'd, all of you have been working so hard, we thought it'd be awesome to get you two on. And I actually wanted to start with Lauren. As we said, she's pretty new. And Lauren, you're, so you're our new urban wildlife coordinator. Yes. And when did you start then? Because you had just got settled in, right? Yeah, I started at the end of February, last week of February. So it's been an interesting transition given our recent change into telework life as I begin the position. That would be, that would definitely be a weird time to start a new position, (laughs) especially a wildlife related job. Yeah, it's weird. So um, what does it entail being an urban wildlife coordinator? Uh, Essentially, I serve as the primary point of contact for folks in the southern region to provide education or resources for the wildlife that's in our area. So whether folks are having problems with wildlife in their own neighborhoods or just want to learn more about it, I can act as that resource for them. And especially in the southern region, you know, we have Las Vegas, an urban area, and a lot of the reason that we choose to live in some of these areas for the mountain backdrops or bird watching or, you know, a body of water that we might want to live close to, that's all of the same reasons that wildlife chooses to live in these areas too. So it's important to understand how we can coexist with these wild neighbors of ours. It's true, and it's a really important job, so we're really excited because, Jess, weren't you uh, helping fill that role for a while? Yes, actually, we um, had the position vacant for a little longer than we had planned, but I can't take all the credit. I have to give um, a big, big thank you to our entire Southern Region kind of staff because before we hired Lauren, we were all covering for that, and we went through the whole summer. So um, we went through birds of prey season and baby bird season and coyote season without <laughs> an urban wildlife um, coordinator in there. But we are so thankful for Lauren. <laughs> um, 
she has been awesome. She jumped right in head first. She knows the material. She's so smart. So yeah, we're super thankful for her. Yay. Well, that's really exciting. In, um, in our current situation, because I actually, I was telling you, we actually have an 855 number that people applying for big game tags or trying to buy their licenses can call. And I have helped take some calls and a lot of people, we still get like urban wildlife calls on that line. Are they people able to reach you right now? Or yeah. how are we handling that situation? Yeah, everyone's able to reach me uh, by my office phone line that's forwarded to a cell phone I have at home. You can also reach the main Endow number and they'll transfer any calls or email inquiries over to me too. So I've, I've been pretty busy answering any questions that come in from the community to help them with any urban wildlife conflicts that they might have. True. What is that number if you even want to blast it on here? <laughs> yeah, sure. I can give. So my direct office line, it's 702-668-3557. Um, and I'm glad that I have that on a sticky note on my computer right now because since I am so new, I still don't have it memorized. <laughs> I don't have mine memorized either. And I've been here a couple years. So too many numbers to remember. Uh, Aaron, were yeah, you going to so, say something? Oh. Yeah, I was going to say. So what kind of calls are, have you been getting like over the last couple weeks? The majority of calls that I've been getting over the last couple of weeks have been related to nesting birds. So spring is here. A lot of the birds in our southern region are nesting right now. Um, part of that process of nestlings leaving the nest is called fledging. And when fledgings drop out of their nest and onto the ground, they often spend a lot of time hopping around on the ground and just learning to be birds. So there are, and it's really great that people are so concerned about our wildlife out here. Um, but a lot of those fledglings, the process of becoming that bird is hopping around that does make it seem like they need help when they don't. Uh, the parents are always there to provide nurturing and food to those little birds as they learn to fly on their own. So a lot of folks just concerned about some birds that they might see that might need help. Um, and otherwise, just some other young wildlife encounters we've been getting, uh, occasional coyote sightings too. I think it's interesting right now too because a lot of us are at home and so it's kind of offering this opportunity for wildlife to come more out of the woodworks and get closer to our own backyards. That is true. I think we talked about that last week a little bit. Keller, you were talking about um, what was it a video or something you saw? Yeah, no, yeah I'd seen a picture of a coyote down on the Las Vegas Strip. Wow. And it was pretty cool because the, the strip was all empty, you know, it was just a coyote down there, which coyotes have, you know, they've been known to be down there, but now it's just very, it's a cool photo because it's just empty, right? Yeah. It's like apocalyptic. Yeah. Like I am legend kind of stuff. Oops. Um, so yeah. that's, so touching back on the young bird thing, because that is a call that we get all the time this time of year a lot of the time it's people who like you said they care they're concerned for our wildlife and they're meaning well but what is the number one tip you'd give to people when they do see a small bird that they think maybe fell from the nest 
Yeah, um, I would say a major identifying factor between a nestling that belongs in the nest and a fledgling that belongs on the ground is the presence of feathers. So if you see a bird, even if it still looks a little bit scraggly and confused, if it has a few of those wing feathers on it, it means that it is ready to leave the nest. And putting those birds back in the nest isn't necessarily good for their safety because they're a little bit more vulnerable at that period. So if you do see a very bald, ugly looking little thing, it's probably a nestling. And if you can locate the nest, by all means, put it back. Uh, it's definitely a myth that mama birds won't return to the nest if they think it's been touched by a human. Uh, they definitely will return and provide nourishment. So if you are able to put it back in the nest, if it's a nestling, absolutely do so. But if you do see it kind of hopping around, trying to find its way, the best thing you can do is just keep your pets inside and let it be. And usually the mother bird is probably around. If that's if it is a feathered bird hopping around, it will probably be gone in a few days, right? Like it's just mm -hmm. getting used to flying. Yeah, yeah. So the parents return to the fledgling during this course as it's learning to fly and provide it food and offer it protection as well. So they're always kind of around, whether you see them or not, they're very likely close by. Very cool. And um you guys have been doing where you go over topics just like this and we talked about it with Julie and Jess or Julie, Jess and Jess last week, the other Jesses, um, is you guys are doing all of these awesome webinars and some of them even cover things like this. Could you guys talk a little bit about the webinars that you've done so far? Yeah, um, I did one recently on nocturnal animals. It's called Nocturnal Nevadans and this essentially follow the perspective of animals that kind of come out of the woodworks when we all fall asleep. So, and some of those amazing adaptations that they have, whether it be enhanced sight, uh, smell, or hearing that allows them to survive in these nighttime environments and helps them to hunt or avoid being hunted or navigate through the night sky. And it was awesome to get all of this participation during that webinar. It seemed like people were really interested in learning some of the ways that they can observe these nocturnal animals right in their own backyard as well. So it was, it was fun. Very cool. So people could actually see the schedule. The meetings are held through, or the webinars are held through Zoom, but we're posting the schedule on our Facebook and that's where they register too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you miss any webinars, they're shortly after the webinars take place, they're posted on our YouTube pages as well, so you can view them there. Very cool stuff. Jess, do you have any in the works? I do. Um, before I talk about that, though, I do have to say that when, I, when we um, were helping in the background answer questions during the webinars that we have done, I think the the questions that are coming in, the number of questions and what the questions are about and how we help answer them are I think the funnest parts of helping with the webinars because we get teachers, parents, young kids, we have full on conversations via the question and answer section of everything. So while the host is going through the PowerPoint presentation on Zoom in the background, we're answering all those questions and helping. So I think that is the funnest part. Because um, so, for Lauren's, uh, she presented, but you were the moderator, right? So you were reading yes. the comments. That would be fun. It was so fun. And um, I actually look 
forward to any of the other um, help that I can give. And we're all kind of helping each other, so it's very fun. But the schedule is also pretty packed right now. Um, uh, the next one that I'm planning on doing is one on our desert tortoise, which is our state reptile. Oh, that's a really that's, good one. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about the desert tortoises. Um, that's going to be on Friday, the 24th of April. So um, I am really looking forward to that one. That's a good one. There are so many good ones too. All of the topics look so, I don't, I'm interested in all of them. And then I manage our Facebook and I can't even keep up what's hap with what's happening when, because we have so many. So it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're at home with your kids. Like what a great educational opportunity. But yeah, I feel um, like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of people at home are really taking advantage of this opportunity that we're giving instead of going out in public and giving a presentation you can sit in your pajamas on your couch and listen and learn something from our naturalists that we have on staff it's great it's a great opportunity it really is and maybe we'll keep doing these even after right that's what we we're saying is that uh, they're so popular that i think we'll keep doing them you know after this whole thing kind of dies down just because they've been so popular and you know we'll have to look at times and the days of the week that we do them but yeah they're they've been pretty much sold out as you could say that on zoom i guess yeah so a lot going on right now and that actually we're already out of time for the first half of the show but we will be right back after this quick break you're listening to nevada wild if you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. Um, before the break, we were talking about, we were talking with our urban wildlife coordinator and our wildlife educator in Southern Nevada, giving Southern Nevada some representation since last week we had our uh, Northern Nevadan people on. And you guys were talking about all of the awesome programming you're working on just to keep people educated uh, and connected really with wildlife during this time. So another awesome thing that you have put together is called What's in Your Backyard. So Lauren, could you explain that and where people can see that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's essentially an informational blurb that we're putting out on a weekly basis on our social media outlets. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Nextdoor, and it provides a little bit of information so folks can learn about the animals that they might be able to find in their own state of Nevada. So it kind of started with a few of us on the education team just brainstorming. You know, a lot of us, we're all stuck at home right now, so there's a lot of time to look out the window or just sit and observe on our patios to see what might be around us and maybe find some wildlife to entertain our day too. So this, we thought we put it together to allow some of the community 
to engage and learn about some of that wildlife that we have in our own backyard. And it's, it's been really exciting because not only are we able to reach out to the community, but it's kind of opened up a platform for community members to engage with one another and kind of compare their stories of what they've been seeing lately uh, in the comfort of our homes. So, and again, especially during the spring season, we do have a little bit more activity going on in the world of wildlife. So it's been really cool. I love it because you post it to next door, but it makes my life easy because I'll just take it and I'll put it on our Facebook. So if you guys don't have next door, feel free to check our Facebook or Instagram and people love it. And we've actually been getting pictures of things people see in their backyard. Um, what so are some of the cool things you guys have been seeing? Um, in my own backyard, it's been a lot of birds and bats. So I put up some new bird feeders so I could see a little bit more variety since I'm spending so much time here. Uh, so there's a lot of hummingbirds, but I also uh, have a device that picks up on bat frequencies too. So I've been using that a little bit to listen to some of the bats that I can see at night here. I've seen so many geese. I mean, I have a pond behind my apartment, so that's probably why, but I feel like they're very vocal, like more so than normal. Yeah. Who knows why, but uh, it's been fun. They're very loud. <laughs> that's your alarm. I've, yeah. I've also seen so many birds. Um, I also have been putting up additional bird feeders because I've been sitting and teleworking from my backyard and I think it's a great opportunity to see and hear all those birds kind of fighting over the bird seed and the hummingbird feeders. Um, I have also seen a ton of Mediterranean house geckos, even though they're invasive, they are all over our garden, um, which has been kind of cool, but. I forget about that type of cool desert I guess that would be deserty wildlife you guys get in Vegas. Because I don't, we don't get geckos up here, unfortunately. Very cool. Um, and then just, you were saying before we started recording, right now is a really great time to be, even though we are stuck in our homes, it's a good time to take advantage of some of the things we can see from our house. Yes, I feel like wildlife has been kind of given a break because humans are inside, you know, in this in this quarantine situation, sort of, I feel like wildlife is just exploded outside. So every time I walk outside, every time I walk out my front door, every time I look out my window, I see probably twice as many animals as I normally would have. So I feel like especially right now, just taking breaks, sitting outside, opening up your eyes and your ears, getting those binoculars out, dusting them off, right now is a perfect time to really hone in on, you know, your bird identification skills mm -hmm. or seeing how many bats you can see at nighttime or getting out that, those garden tools and really sprucing up your garden. I, I think right now is a great time to see three times, four times as much wildlife as you normally would. Very cool. See, there are some there is some good that could come out of this and you could really hone in your wildlife viewing and identification skills. And what a fun thing to do with, I keep hearing from parents with kids who are, you know, they're all stuck inside. So that's an awesome way to be educating your kids, but that's so fun for them too. 
Yeah, I would also I would also encourage everyone to look at the schedule that we've got on our Facebook page because we have um, you know these webinars that are coming up. The variety of topics is awesome. For example, this week we have um, one of our great staff members, Julie. She's doing a webinar on how to use technology in your backyard to look at wildlife and identify wildlife, which is an awesome idea. So we're not only doing uh, species specific stuff, but we're also doing all kinds of art activities, um, technology activities, um, just to encourage people to um, enjoy being at home and still being still being able to sit and listen and look for wildlife. Mm -hmm. And you could also head to Nextdoor or Facebook, check out the what's in your backyards and then see if you can find any of those animals in your backyard. Like what did, what have we done so far? The uh, Chuck Walla mm -hmm. was one. Um, yeah, the Chuck Walla, the morning dove. Uh, this morning I just posted one on the Canada goose. So that might sound familiar to you. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I've seen a few of those. Yeah, and we did do, uh, the Razorback Sucker recently, too. Oh, yeah. Very fun stuff. Yeah, I usually do not see Canadian geese, I guess that's the plural of that, <laughs> near my, because I see ducks and geese all the time, but I've been seeing so many Canadian geese, it's crazy. So I don't know if they're, if this social distancing is impacting them some way or not, but whatever it is, they're coming out, they're out and about. What have you seen, Aaron? Uh, we have lots of deer at my house. So the deer are up and down our backyard, right, right behind our house. And that's the biggest one. And then um, we get, we've had a lot of, um, we have trails right by my house, which are basically our back fence. And uh, we've been getting a lot of rain and a little bit of snow the last few weeks. And so we go out and look for tracks. That's so another good have, thing. Yeah, my kids have been really interested in track. So my boys are four and six. So they're really into just anything that is close to the ground they like. So looking for lizards, looking for tracks, um, feathers. They like to collect feathers. So when we're out, we'll try and pick up, you know, jay feathers or something, you know, and they like to put those in their hat and then we'll bring them back to the house and, and see if we can figure out which birds they are. Um, but mo that's mostly it. Mostly looking for lizards, uh, checking out the deer. We went and um, we're in northern Nevada. So we, um, when we're out hiking, we actually found a deer shed yesterday. And so the boys are really excited about that. And then we found a jawbone. So we had to identify what, what animal it was. So that was fun. See, so you don't even have to actually see the animals. You could just look for tracks or different signs that they've been there. So, and perfect for right in your backyard. Yep, and they both have cheap, you know, $10 binoculars. And so they have to carry their binoculars everywhere. And uh, they have to take care of them and things like that. But they get to wear them around their neck. That's fun. That's good yeah. ideas for people. Yeah, and they don't cost... It's was I think they were ten bucks or nine ninety nine or something. So we ordered them in, and the boys we didn't have to go to the store to buy them or anything like that. We could just get them dropped. Order them. Yeah. Cool. Just do you have some sort of wildlife 
in your screen right now that I'm seeing. <laughs> um, or something. This, this, is, my dog. this is my dog. Um, every time I sit and do something extremely important, like record a podcast with all of my awesome coworkers, <laughs> one of my dogs decides that it's time to cuddle and he is very, very helpful. This is Bodie. Um, he, he actually also has been loving the wildlife simply because um, he, is a, uh, he has a lot of hunting dog breed in him. So every time I sit outside and there's a, a bird that he doesn't want in the backyard, he chases them away. But it's funny because he's very uh, particular about which species he allows in our garden. That's so funny. So that's, some species he chases away and some he doesn't. So he's like, some are acceptable and others just no mm -hmm. way. Yeah, for example, he does not like pigeons and he will not allow dove in our backyard at all. But huh. any house finches, of which we have very many, we have song sparrows, um, and we have a mockingbird that's nesting in our neighbor's palm tree. He loves um, hummingbirds. He loves, but as soon as a dove pops over, he freaks out and barks and chases it away. That's so funny. I actually have loved, we actually got tagged on um, Twitter a few times of people, it's videos of people and their animals um, looking outside or chasing. It's usually there's a glass between the pet and the animal outside, but they've been sharing videos of their pets like chasing the animals through the glass. So send us pictures and video. That's fun stuff to see of how your pets are reacting to the backyard wildlife too. That's a good point right there because that's pure entertainment. Uh, yeah, tag yeah. us in your backyard wildlife posts. Yeah, anything to do with backyard wildlife, whether it's your pets or, um, or just something you're seeing. So we are down to the, we're running out of time. Is there anything else you two want to say before we go? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for having me on this podcast this morning. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and it's fun to be a part of something to keep residents in Nevada informed and excited about wildlife. Of course. Thanks for coming on. You had so much good information and we're excited that you're part of Endow. Thank you. Yeah, and you squeaked right in before the hiring freeze. And <laughs> look at her go. <laughs> Good timing. Dress is like, thank, thank the Lord for that. Yes, we're so thankful to have her, <laughs> especially going into the spring and summer season. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you too, Jess. Thank both of you for being on here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I would, I would say this has been awesome. I always love doing the podcast. And I would say you know, step outside on your balcony, look outside your window, start a bird count, start looking, start paying attention because you're going to see something. There's lots you could do. So, well, thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.